I want to jump in now to this morning's message. I am a work in progress. We're doing this series right now. It's called Masterpiece. And the idea is um, a guy by the name of Paul, he wrote a letter to a church in Ephesus. And in that, he talks about us being God's masterpiece. When he sees us, he sees something of incredible value and incredible importance. We are God's masterpiece. And that should help define our identity. So to kind of introduce where I'm going this morning, I need to just do a quick costume change up here. I've got to put on this jersey that instantly all of you will recognize uh, because I'm sure, like me, you are all great fans of Crystal Palace. Yeah, okay. So um, thank you. Crystal Palace are, uh, are my team back in England, okay? This was the team I grew up supporting. This is the jersey from that team. Uh, my friend Chris gives me a hard time every time I talk about Crystal Palace. He's like, Crystal Palace? That sounds like somewhere the Disney princesses would live. But um, it is actually a really, a really cool team, and they're, they're based in an area of South London called Crystal Palace. That's the name of this suburb of South London. So they're this great soccer club, and, and for me, they hold a lot of memories because when I was a, a younger person growing up in my late teens and my early 20s, uh, this was like every Saturday afternoon when Crystal Palace were playing at home, I'd meet my friends in Croydon, the town I grew up in, and we'd meet at this pub, we'd have lunch together, and then we'd get on the bus and we'd head just the 20 minutes out to Crystal Palace, the grounds. And on the bus, you'd start to see more and more people wearing this jersey. And then as you got off the bus and started walking to the grounds, you'd see more and more jerseys. And then you get inside the grounds and the stadium's just full of thousands, tens of thousands of fans wearing this jersey. And I would be there with them and I'd be singing and shouting like every good British soccer hooligan did. And we would be there in the stands cheering on our teams. But just a few minutes before the game was ready to begin, 11 more guys appeared wearing this very same jersey. These guys came running out of a tunnel and onto the pitch, the football pitch, as we called it, the soccer field. Um, they came running out onto <laughs> soccer. They came running out onto the, the football pitch. And we would cheer because that was Crystal Palace. That was our team. And they wore the exact same jersey as me. Now, theirs was a little bit different. I think they must have been made of a different material because theirs didn't stick out so much in the middle here. So I think they had like maybe a different kind of materials made of. But they were wearing this jersey and we would cheer and we'd watch them play. But the reality is, even though their jersey and my jersey looked incredibly similar, I have a feeling that their jersey was a little bit different. For a start, I don't think they had to pay for their jerseys. I had to pay a little bit for this. I think they got theirs free. In fact, I don't think they got it free. I think they got paid quite a lot of money to wear that particular jersey. Now, as well as the uh, privileges and the, the, the bonuses that came from wearing that jersey, there was a cost. They didn't just get to throw that jersey on. There was an extreme diet and exercise regimen that they had to follow every week in order to wear this jersey. I didn't follow that <laughs> regimen. I just threw it on when it was clean. So... Um, so when it came to them wearing their jersey, it came with a little bit more responsibility, but it identified who they were. That jersey represented them. Maybe you've got jerseys like this that have a cub on it or a bear or a cardinal, and, and it represents your love of a particular team. But the reality is, however much you love that team, it's never going to feel quite the same when you put that jersey on as it is for those, those men and those women, those athletes who have worked hard and trained hard for that moment when they come out into the stadium and they hear people cheer their name. 
They hear people cheer for the name of their team. There's just something about wearing a jersey knowing, wow, all this work was worth it. This jersey now represents a lot of things. It represents a lot of effort and time and energy and sacrifice. But because of all of that, this jersey represents me and the team for who I play. Now, maybe, you've, maybe, maybe there's someone here this morning who's worn a jersey like that. You've competed at a level and people have cheered for your team or for your, um, uh, for your name even. But whether it's a sports team or not, did you know that every one of us this morning is wearing some kind of uniform? We're all wearing some kind of jersey, some kind of uniform this morning. I've brought some examples of maybe some of the uniforms, some of the jerseys that you may be wearing this morning. You know, maybe there are some of you here this morning and this is your uniform. This looks like a very ordinary ladies' shirt, but if you were to look very closely, you might see a kind of a little drool stain here on the corner. And that, uh, that represents... Some responsibility that comes with that shirt. Maybe you've, you've been carrying a baby. Maybe that baby has, has spit up a little bit. In fact, you look through your wardrobe and it just seems that every shirt has like these stains on it because that signifies the jersey that you happen to be wearing, the stage of life that you happen to find yourself in. Maybe there are some young mums here this morning who are like, that's my jersey. In fact, if that's clean, Dave, I'll come and get it after the service. I need a new, a new jersey. Maybe some of you this morning are wearing... Um, a uniform or a jersey that looks a little bit more like this. I know we have a few people that recognize this emblem here, Caterpillar. Maybe some of you, this is your uniform. This is your jersey. You wear this every day of the week. This represents some pride and some privilege that you have in the company that you work for. And maybe it's not Caterpillar. Maybe it's um, another logo that's on your shirt. But when you go to work over daytime, you have that logo. And that represents the hard work and the um, sacrifice that you've had to put in for this particular job. But with it comes some great rewards and some great um, privileges of working for this particular company. And you like that. You know, maybe you're here this morning and uh, you don't go to an office every day. You actually go somewhere that um, requires maybe some building or some, some skills that you use your hands for, okay? We've got one here that says solid rock construction. Maybe you're in the building field or maybe you fix cars for a living. If you're in any of those, please come see me afterwards because I can't do any of that stuff. I really need to know more people who wear shirts like this because I always have a mess I've made that I need fixing because I've tried to do it and it really hasn't gone well. Um, Okay, maybe this morning your uniform looks something like this. I borrowed this from a gentleman in our church. Maybe you, uh, you wear something that represents the police or the emergency services or the, the military. I picked this up yesterday and it was so hard having it in my car not to just put it on. I, I really feel like I could have gone anywhere, parked anywhere. I could have got... But I didn't. I kept it here. Uh, I think the guy was a little bit nervous when he lent it to me that that may happen. So... Um, but this carries a great deal of responsibility and honor. Maybe it's a military uniform, but, but your uniform, your jersey represents a person who when people are running away from the, the scene of a situation, you're normally the one running towards it. And we want to thank you if that's your role, if you serve in the military or the police or the um, emergency services in any way. That's a huge responsibility. We rely on these people. They, they make a massive difference. I've got one more jersey. This is my, my final uniform I wanted to show you this morning. Now, you may, rec may not recognize this first off, but if I tell you that this, this particular shirt's uh, normally worn tucked into the pants, um, sometimes tucked a little more into the pants, the pants worn a little higher, this particular shirt 
represents someone who's lived a longer life. Someone who's got more of a legacy to show. Maybe the person wearing this shirt has raised a generation and that generation is now raising their own generation. The wearer of this uniform, this shirt, they're in a great place in life. They get to, to, to have the grandkids over and give them ice cream and candy and just love on them and spoil them and then send them back to mum and dad. It's fantastic. But maybe you're here this morning and this represents the uniform that you find yourselves wearing. I could go on and on, couldn't I? There are, there are so many different uniforms, so many different jerseys that we find ourselves wearing. There's a lot of expectations that come with some of these, but there's also a lot of privileges that come with many of them as well. But you know, there's another jersey that many of us here this morning are wearing. There's another uniform that actually takes precedence over all others in our lives. And that particular jersey, that was brought at a very great price. It cost an awful lot, but it was actually given to us to wear free of charge. It was a free gift that was given to us. This particular jersey is priceless. And the wearer of this jersey is identified as a son or daughter of the King of Kings, of God himself. The wearers of, of this jersey, it screams out, we are God's masterpiece. The Bible talks a lot about being clothed with new robes, about this, this new jersey that we get to wear that, we are, that signifies that we are God's masterpiece. And that's the title of this series. It's the idea that we are God's masterpiece, that we, we will spend a lifetime fitting into the jersey of Christ. It's a lifelong process of stripping off the old and, and putting on this new jersey that we find. You know, that phrase there of stripping off the old and putting on the new, that's not something I came up with. That's, that's the words of a man named Paul. And in this series, we've been looking at a particular letter that he wrote to a church in Ephesus where he talked about this whole idea. In the first week, we talked about the fact that we often find labels on our lives, but whatever label we've put upon ourselves, whatever label's been put upon us, God gives us a new label, and that is that we are adopted members of God's family. If you were here this morning, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. If you said, I want Jesus to be the most important part of my life, then you've become an adopted member of God's family. That's your label. In week two, we carried on through this letter that Paul had written to this church in Ephesus, and we talked about our identity. We talked about the fact that our identity is made up of certain markers, many of which we don't have any control of. Our race, our sex, our gender, I guess that's the same as our sex, um, our socioeconomic standing. We don't have any control over those, but they define who we are. We talked about the fact that actually some of those things can bring division in the world. Some of those things, depending on what your identity is, can actually bring division. But they should be our secondary identity markers, our primary identity markers that we are children of God. We are all part of the family of God. And in recognizing that, it brings down those dividing walls that those other markers can create. So this morning, I want to talk more about this idea of identity, who we are, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to talk a lot about what that looks like through the analogy of the jersey that we wear. 
Because I think many of us are familiar with jerseys. We, we're, it might be a Cubs shirt or a Crystal Palace shirt or a Bears shirt, but, but we recognize them, don't we? We understand what they represent. And we're just the fans. Imagine how much more for the players that get to wear them. For example, here's, here's one player. Uh, his name is Aaron Rodgers. He plays for a team called the Green Bay Packers. I apologize. I know I'm going to be in trouble for using this particular quarterback. Um, I'm not a huge fan of football, so I just Googled the top 20 quarterbacks, and he turned out to be at the top, and I couldn't see the Bears anywhere, really, <laughs> unfortunately, in that list. I would love to have used them, but uh, I thought, okay, this guy will work well for my analogy. Because here's the deal. When this guy puts on this jersey... And when the Packers play the Bears at Soldier Field, he throws for the Packers. That's the team he signed up to play for. As much as I'm sure the Bears fans wish he could play all-time quarterback for both teams, the reality is he can't. Because of that jersey he wears, he can only play for the one team, the Green Bay Packers. You see, Paul talks about this with the jersey that we've been given. The jersey of jerseys, this, this identity that we are children of God. But he says, that's what identifies you as his children. Because when we wear that jersey, it identifies us as children of God. But it also says that we are not something else. Paul writes in the beginning of chapter 4 of Ephesians, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul's writing from prison, and, and, and I don't read this as him complaining. I'm saying, I think he's there saying, listen, I've been in prison for what I believe, but I'm almost proud of that because I stand so strong for who I follow and, and the commitment I've made to Jesus. But he's writing to his audience there in Ephesus and, and us today. He's urging us to live a life worthy of our calling. But what does that mean? What does that mean to the church in Ephesus? What does that mean to us today? Well, what he's saying is just like Aaron Rodgers can't play all-time quarterback for two different teams, our new identity in Christ means we can't live two different lives. We can't wear two different jerseys. Paul goes on to explain a little bit more further on in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 21 through 24, he explains it this way. He says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life. It's corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature. You've been created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He's saying you can't be a follower of Jesus and not be a follower of Jesus at the same time. When you put on that new nature, your, your, your new jersey, it's time to throw off the old jersey. You know, another way to explain this, another analogy, another metaphor is, is food. There are a lot of people I know who have special diets. Some is a lifestyle thing, some is an allergy thing, but we've got gluten-free and vegetarians and vegans, you know, all sorts of different um, choices of, of, of dietary needs. And vegans, that, that, that just amazes me, people that are able to, to live a vegan lifestyle, because that's like no meat and no animal-based products at all. That's like everything. I mean, there's just like not much left to eat. And if you were here this morning, you're like, Dave, I'm a vegan. 
It's, it's what I want to do. It's how I live my life. I love being a vegan. And I show up at the Blacksmith's Arms here in Washington one night, a big steakhouse restaurant we get, and I catch you in there with a ribeye. You're not a vegan. <laughs> you can't be a part-time vegan, okay? You can't be like, well, I was taking a day off, and I thought I'd just have a steak. You're either a vegan or you're not. And that's kind of what Paul's saying here. When you put on this jersey, you're, you're throwing off the sinful nature. You're, you're putting on the, the new nature. He's saying there's no middle ground. And actually, Paul starts to create a little bit of tension here in the book that he writes, in the letter that he writes to this church. It actually gets kind of really beautiful, but really confusing at the same time what he's writing. Because he's already talked to the church here in Ephesus about the beauty and the wonder of grace. Something that I'm so thankful that God has given us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul says, You know, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's the beautiful part. The confusing part then comes when we look at what we're looking at today. Because just a couple of chapters later in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, so you have to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. So it's almost like Paul is saying there's nothing you can do in your own strength. It's by grace and grace alone that you've been saved. But then in the very next breath, he's telling them, but there is something you should do. You should be living a life worthy of calling. So what is it? Is it nothing or is it something? There's a, a guy by the name of Dallas Willard, and I came across this quote from him this week, and I love what it says, and, and maybe you'll, if you get a chance, you could write it down, because it's something you'll have to kind of think about, but he says, grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. He says, grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. What he's saying here is that grace is opposed to earning. If you're trying to earn your way to God, if you're trying to earn his love or earn his favor or earn his, his good uh, blessing upon your life, if you're trying to earn it, that's not grace. But there's nothing wrong with effort. Effort is, is living that life to say, I want to live a life worthy of the calling. I want to live a life that represents the jersey that I'm wearing. But the reality is, and Dallas Willard knows this and Paul knows this, is that basically we can't do enough to earn God's salvation. We'll never be able to do enough, but they're saying there should be effort. They're saying you are a work in progress. I am a work in progress. A beautiful, messy, grace-filled work in progress. And so I don't need to keep beating myself up because of my past but I must also be determined to, determined to not live in my past any longer. So Paul talks about what it looks like to, to live this life worthy of the calling that, we're gonna, that we've received. And he starts to go through in chapters 4 and 5 and list some different things that represent the old life and some things that represent the new life. I'm not going to read all of them this morning, but I've provided a summary of some of the things he says in list form up here. These are some of the things that represent the old life and just some of the things that represent the new. And I wonder if, like me, as you, as you look at these two lists, if you find yourself thinking, well, I'd like to live a life that maybe is more representative of the new life. I'd actually like to get away from some of those things that are representative of the old life. But then we run into a little bit of a problem, don't we? 
You see, I look at this list, and, and even though Dave Jane, I, I'm striving to live uh, that new life, every now and again, things still creep in from the old life. If I'm perfectly honest with myself, I still have some issues with greed in my life. I know that that's there. You know, sometimes, you may find this hard to believe, sometimes I get upset when things don't go my way. I feel that old life creeping in, brawling. If you know me, you'll know that's still a huge problem, brawling. I just, ah, last week in the blend, someone was in my booth and it just all broke. I'm just kidding. Brawling's not really an issue I struggle with anymore, but, but, anymore, ever. But, um, (laughs) because if I did brawl, I'd always come out second. That's the, that's the reason. So, um, but the reality is anyone here who's a follower of Jesus has ever, have you ever felt like just the old life just still creeps in, doesn't it? Even though there's a part of you that, that desires to live the new life, it's like it's a battle with the old life. And here's where that sports analogy breaks down. You see, Aaron Rodgers, it's not just that he chooses not to throw the ball to the other players, although maybe sometimes he does, but it's not that he chooses not to intentionally throw the ball to the other players. He's actually under contract. If he intentionally, as a quarterback, spend the whole game passing to the other team and helping them win, which sadly some teams' quarterbacks are doing right now, but uh, if he did that, because of his contract, they they could fire him. It's a contract. It's black and white. But you see, we don't have a contract with God. This is the wonderful thing. This is such good news for us as followers of Jesus. He didn't set up a contract for us to to get this jersey. For God, it was a covenant relationship. That's very different. It It was through Jesus he created this covenant relationship. And the reason he did that is because he knew that at times we're going to mess up. He knew there would be times when we're going to find ourselves wearing jerseys for both teams. And if we were living under a contract, we would always be living in fear that just one wrong move and that contract is null and void. But fortunately, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to to form this covenant relationship. Because if you're honest, have you ever found yourself feeling both kind and bitter? Feeling maybe compassionate and greedy? Maybe forgiving and filled with rage? Sometimes on the same day, sometimes in the same moment, sometimes with the same person, forgiving and filled with rage. It's like a battle that goes on between the two. I know in my life there are days where I'll have a a great day. Maybe I'll meet with some of you and I'll, I'll talk to you and I'll pray with you and get to share stories with you and hear your stories and maybe help you. And just through the day you get to see this compassionate side of me and and then maybe I go home at the end of the day and I'm exhausted. And I sit in my chair and I may snap at my kids and I may not be the greatest husband or father. And sometimes, sadly, my family gets to see a different side of me as that new life and that old life collide. Fortunately, I have an incredibly gracious wife who uh, loves me and forgives me. But the reality is that every one of us could probably see areas of our life where sometimes we get it right and we're wearing the right jersey and then other times we miss the mark. So in light of this, there's a couple of things that I want you to be aware of this morning, a couple of areas that that I think you can take from this today and and live your lives this week. Um, In light of what Paul's teaching us here 
in Ephesians chapter 4, in light of our identity, the jersey that we desire to put on. The first thing is, is I want all of you to discover this new life. We talked about what comes with wearing a jersey. I know the guys that play for this team, they have to work hard, exercise, all those kind of things. But the jersey that God wants to give you this morning is a free gift. It cost him greatly, but it's a free gift for you. And if you've never donned that jersey, if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I really encourage you to to say a prayer to him today. Say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm fed up of the the old life that I'm caught up in. I want to experience this new life. And the great news is that for some of you, you'll be like, but I can't do all those things on that list straight away. You know what? Neither can any of us. But that's our destination. That's where we're striving for. That's what we're trying to do. So this morning, recognize that unfortunately, even though there's still a lot of the old life in me, my goal is this week that I'm going to strive towards the new life. I want to live a life that fits the jersey that I've been given. I want people, when they see the jersey that I'm wearing, as a son or daughter of God, that my life backs that up. That's the first thing I want to kind of challenge you with this morning, that you make it a goal this week. God, I want to be striving towards that new life. I want to strive towards the responsibilities of wearing that jersey. Here's the second challenge I want to share this morning. In light of this, in light of the fact that you and I very often find ourselves wearing two different jerseys in the same day, some days living the new life, some days getting caught up in the old life, I want to challenge you on this as well. Maybe some of us need to stop taking on the role of referee. Maybe some of us need to stop blowing whistles, throwing flags, calling penalties. Oh, that person can't be a Christian. He's greedy. Or have you heard the jokes he or she makes? He can't possibly be a follower of Jesus. Did you see the post on Facebook? No way. We do that a lot, don't we? We blow the whistle. We, we look at these passages of Scripture as if they're rules to be followed rather than a relationship to be cultivated. And instead of recognizing that we too are a work in progress, And someone could very easily blow a whistle or throw a flag at some of the things we say or do. And that's in public. If they knew some of the things we thought, it would be very easy to call those fouls. Maybe some of us need to say, you know what? I know that person's striving just like I am to find that new life, to discover what it means to wear that jersey and not be the referee. Now, I know this is hard. When we look at that list, we're like, man, but that's hard to strive after that. Well, here's the good news. Paul gives us a little bit of a clue as to how we can achieve this. My boys cut the grass at my house, Ben and Will, and they're brilliant. We've actually got a new system this year where they're taking it in turns. One cuts the grass one week, the other cuts the grass the second week. Last year, we had this system where they cut half each, and then it got to the point where they couldn't both do it on the same day. So throughout the summer, my grass was always like a different length because one would cut it on Monday and one would cut it on Friday. And so, but the other day, Ben was um, asked by a neighbor if he'd come and cut his grass. He was going to pay him. Ben's like, yeah. So Ben gets there, and he starts up the mower, and he starts to push it. He's like, whoa. You see, we have a powered mower. When you squeeze that handle, the wheels turn by themselves, and uh, this guy didn't. This guy had a push mower. Ben's like, what's up with this? I'm going to push this thing? Here's the thing. You can still cut the grass with a push mower. It's possible. But man, with a powered mower, 
I don't know, some of you are like, dude, you should check out a riding lawnmower. I know, I know. There's even better options. But with a powered mower, it just kind of, it moves the mower by itself. Listen to what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. This is really, really important. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow into God's love and will keep you strong. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Paul's saying, listen, I know this is hard, but there is power that you can tap into. There is a resource that God wants to give you. It's called his Holy Spirit. This week, you can pray and say, God, I want to strive to live that new life, but God, I'm going to need your help. God says, that's fine. I've, I've sent my help. It's my Holy Spirit. You could ask him, you say, God, through your Holy Spirit, would you give me the power to live this new life? To live the life worthy of the calling. I know I don't have to earn it, but would you help me as I use effort, Lord, to not be my own effort of pushing the mower, but experiencing the Holy Spirit living through me and pulling me along. You know, I think probably every one of you here is familiar with the, the great evangelist, Billy Graham. But his wife, Ruth, she was an amazing woman as well. She passed away in 2007. And her epitaph on her tombstone is this phrase. It says, end of construction, Thank you for your patience. Apparently, she chose these words herself before her death. She was out traveling one day, and they were in road construction. She saw a sign that said, under construction, work in progress. And she commented, saying, what a marvelous image for a Christian life. A work under construction until we go to be with God. She said, that's what I want my epitaph to be. That's what our epitaph is. That's what our life is. I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress. We are a work in progress. Let's pray. Father, many of us are wearing jerseys today that represent so many different lifestyles and so many different uh, careers and positions of life. But the reality is, Lord, there are many of us here this morning that we're in the jersey of jerseys, the jersey that represents that we are a son or daughter of the living God. God, if there's anyone here this morning that's not wearing that jersey, God, I believe you've been speaking to them through this service. I, re I really believe that their heart has been beating faster and they've been really just thinking, I, I, I think there's something to this. I see this in my family. I see this in my friends. And I can see that this is more than just a, a religious belief. This is a lifestyle. Lord, I pray that they would experience what it is to wear that jersey. And for those of us, Lord, who are wearing the jersey, but who sometimes find ourselves throwing the ball to the wrong team, we know, Lord, the responsibilities and the, the requirements that come with wearing this jersey, but sometimes we mess up. Thank you, Lord, that when you look at us, as Paul pointed out, you see that we're a work in progress. But that's not going to stop us from living the life worthy of your calling, from striving to be who you want us to be. So help us this week. Help us to, to pray that prayer, to say, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, would you give me the power to live my life for you this week, to strive after that new life 
and to put behind me the old life. In Jesus' name, amen.